welcome to Conversations with Pussy. This is a podcast designed to empower you as a woman to rediscover your innate magic, your sensuality, your sexuality, and your deep feminine power. I'm your host, Grace Hazel, and I'm a women's empowerment guide. Thank you for joining in for this episode of Conversations with Pussy. In this episode, I catch up with Florence and Reed from Come Curious. In this discussion that we have, there's some really juicy, juicy subjects covered. You'll notice at the beginning, we do have a bit of a time talking about pooing and horny hangovers. And past that point, there's a lot of discussion around things that could be super, super empowering for you as the listener. We cover subjects like mental health and how that affects sexuality. We have a lot of discussion around consent and boundaries. We also tap into subjects which could be slightly triggering for some women, such as discussions around hardcore and degrading pornography, and also desires around more extreme sex. There's talk around non-consensual play, so please go softly with yourselves if you know that that could be a touchy subject for you. But otherwise, I ask that you listen with an open and playful heart. Reed and Florence have like such a wealth of exciting information within this podcast. It's playful and it's fun. And it's also amazing to get a different perspective on sex and sexuality. Reed and Florence met on a porn set. So a lot of our discussions are woven around porn. And excitingly, Reed and Florence have actually been creating porn themselves. As always, if you like this podcast, please do share and tell your friends and your family. If you wish to get in contact with me, you can always grab me by Instagram. My Instagram handle is grace underscore 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 hazel. Or you can email me directly on hello at grace-hazel.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Conversations with Pussy. Today we have special guests, Florence and Reed from Come Curious. First of all, Come Curious are a sexual advice and education video blog. And this video blog is for the sexually curious. And of course, I've just got that off of knowing you guys and then also following the shit out of you on social media and YouTube. So I want to <laughs> welcome you in to say hey. Hi, Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you, Grace. You're an absolute G, an absolute <laughs> inspiration to us all. Pussy power. <laughs> thank you. So, you guys, I would love for you to just, first of all, I introed you from kind of like picking up what social media says. So I kind of want it from the horse's mouth. Tell me, both of you or whoever wants to go first, what is Come Curious? 
I'm going to let Florence take this one because I'm very hungover, like 5am hungover. <laughs> so um, I apologize for being so hungover on your podcast. It was a Friday night and it's Saturday today. I'm so sorry. I respect you more than this, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually feel that, yeah, when you're hungover, sometimes the sharing that comes through is actually a little bit more like open and juicy. So I welcome your hungover state read and yeah oh, I'm so horny as so well like, I'm hungover right now I could I could literally destroy Florence <laughs> <laughs> Florence are you safe there I She's hope not. so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at all the objects around this like, room at the moment and they're all sexy like anything that's insertable is hot <laughs> So, Reed, my question is, do you get that innate, like, horny, horniness when you're hungover? So badly. I don't know what it is about horny, like, horny hungover. I'm constantly thinking about sex, especially if I'm on my way into work and I'm hungover, which isn't often. I don't do that often. But when I do, I'm literally, like, my eyes are just fucking hungry and they're staring around the carriage, like, who can I fuck? What shoes can I, like, fantasise over about stepping on me and all this shit? <laughs> It gets real dark and real fucking weird. Like I was looking at the handles on the tube thinking like, God damn, that's hot. Just like choking on it or something stupid like that. It gets brutal. I feel like after people listen to this podcast, they're going to be trying to find you each and every time you're hung over on the tube and be like, please hear read. I, w- I welcome it, honestly. I'm just, like, ready for, for D. And my boyfriend's away in Amsterdam at the moment, so I'm going to be ravenous by the time he comes back on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, my God. Brilliant. So for oh, all yeah. the listeners that are like, damn, I get that hungover horny vibe too. I think it is actually a universal thing. It certainly happens for me. Um, it's that in-between of, my God, I could die but I really, really have sex at the same time. It's, it's like, it's almost like when you have a poo and you're hungover and you're just like, I don't want to do this. I feel so awful. But once you do it, you feel amazing. And the horn is literally telling you, like, you need to masturbate. You're like, please, no, like, leave me alone. I'm hungover. I can't do this right now. But then you do it anyway. And you're like, yeah. It does make you feel like a million times better though. Just like getting a bit of sexual energy rippling through your body and orgasm. Hello. It's a hangover cure. Oh. No, it's a painkiller. It's kind of painkillers, isn't it? Like, yeah, literal cure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And also on the poo <laughs> side of things, I'd like to note to the listeners that um, I met with Reed for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And one <laughs> things that we discussed was was poo so this was already <laughs> completely normal to me that Reed's brought up pooing. I talk about poo a hell of a lot like I talk about it as much as sex we just started our own podcast and in every single episode we've recorded so far the subject of anal and poo has come up right it's it's just, it's intimate it's like it's something that so many people don't talk about and I think it's important to know that we are human and we poo, and you shouldn't feel shamed or bad for having a shit. I swear to God, I've n- I never pooed so much in my life as I did yesterday. And even this morning, I pooed again. I was like, how is that important? I, I must have pooed like five times. But that's alcohol. Yeah. 
I would also, I'd just like to chime in here because I'm in Bali at the moment. <laughs> I've got somebody, um, a new lover <laughs> coming to stay with oh, me. I know. Yeah. But I've got this place in Bali where from the bed, you can almost see through this window, the toilet. And I'm like, <laughs> this is really intimate. And I can talk about like period blood and smothering period blood on me and, you know, like sex and this and that. And I was like, holy shit, what if he sees me pooing? What if he hears me pooing? And actually, how <laughs> is me from you just saying this? I mean, I'm saying it on a podcast right now but you read the <laughs> chat of the poo maybe there should be a podcast in itself we'll just get read on the podcast to talk yeah. about my poo and <laughs> yeah. I'm like if you're gonna see my cum face you need to hear what my plot sound sounds like you know it's we are so embarrassed about it as well and I remember going through my life so embarrassed about pooing and I'm like everybody poos like why should we be embarrassed about pooing and we're not embarrassed about female pleasure or yeah period blood or discharge for god's sake but pooing is a big no-no people florence hates poo talk we'll come away from poo florence explains the lovely people who we are from our point of view what is come curious i guess come curious is it's like a safe space for people to just watch people talk about sex learn new things, feel like things are normalised, um, talk about body positivity, things that make you feel more confident, and just getting like those juicy um, tips and tricks for in the bedroom as well. Mm. We're both massive on mental health because great sex is, you know, it, it's all entwined with good mental health and how you mm-hmm. feel about sex. Yeah. So it's like with both of us, we're we're mental health sufferers as well, which we do talk about on the on the yeah. um, on the YouTube channel, and especially it was it recently it was World Mental Health Awareness Day or World Mental Health Day, um, and yeah, sorry, it's going deep well quickly, but a lot of people do suffer, and it does it you know it does uh, what's it called what's the word impact on their sex life especially. Definitely. Like, yeah, mental health and sex is really closely combined, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit more into that? So um, you mentioned that that both of you, yeah, if you're comfortable to like move into like, I love the deep chats, especially on this podcast. So the people that listen into this are like all about the deep chats. Um, I mean, as much as we're about the poop chats, we're about, we're about the deep chats too. So I'd love to hear more on that piece around mental health and sex and the link and perhaps a little bit bit about you guys and your story. Yeah. Well, Um, we, I mean, we started Come Curious a while ago, like what, four years ago now? I think it's five years ago. Five years is actually crazy. Um, But we've been doing it since like Florence and I met on a porn set um, four years ago in some very unusual company, but I needed a flatmate and Florence was living in Brighton at the time. I lived Mm -hmm. in London. She was commuting every day. So yeah, she moved in with us, um, the poor girl, you know. I know, it was awful. (laughs) Especially my bedroom was next to Reed's and... uh... (laughs) Hear me fucking all the time. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Especially because I just... 
them like masturbating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to, our, to, to, my, to my sounds, did you? That'd be weird. But we, yeah, I mean, we were so open about sex from the get go. It was just a natural progression. Yeah. From talking about sex all we, the time. We literally just sat in the living room, exactly where we're sitting now, talking about sex. Just, I don't know what it is about it. It's just something that we enjoy, like, we just enjoy discussing, like, every single detail about it like to the things that people are afraid of or scared of doing or to the fun bits and the funny gross bits that are supposed to be laughed about. It helped being honest as well. We were like super honest with each other from Mm -hmm. the beginning. And that, because even if we were like, what, that's crazy, you'd do that. It would still open your eyes up that not everyone's the same and everyone treats sex completely differently and thinks about sex differently. Yeah. Um, and that's why sharing information like this is so important because like you shouldn't have to be ashamed that you might be different to somebody else when it comes to sex like own it own your differences yeah one day one day we just decided that we should like open up conversation Mm. to everyone else we're like actually like it's really beneficial us talking about these things like it's making our lives better so maybe if we discuss it and put it on the internet for other people to see it will make an impact on their life in some way opening up the conversation around sex I believe that actually it's not that much talked about still it's still sometimes classified Mm -hmm. as a taboo it depends on the people you hang out with and the circles you're in obviously but there are so many people who still find it difficult to like vocalize the word sex even or something that they do in bed or whatever it may be so when there are these people out there such as you guys just like having really grounded conversations about all aspects of sex the weird the normal the wonderful it like empowers people to realize that it's like pooing a totally normal (laughs) and natural thing to be doing and the more we talk about it like the better we can get about what we do and like sorry the better we can be at it and the less like inhibitions we can have around it and the more we can enjoy it yeah and like open up the communication as well because like we always say that communication is like one of the most fundamental things about sexual relationships Mm -hmm. it's everything and if you don't if you don't talk about it then if you can't talk about it then that's not going to happen yeah I also think that upbringing has so much to play in how people react to sex. Like we're, we're very lucky uh, being the women that we are and having this sort of open sexual bubble. We probably have friends that we can talk to about it or even family members that are okay with talking about sex. Lots of people don't have that. And it's, it's, you know, it's taboo and forbidden to talk about it when Mm -hmm. you're growing up in the house. So therefore, why would you think it's anything other than bad to talk about which is wrong you know sex is something that everyone does thinks about you know like looks forward to and I mean not everyone that is a a generalization but most people come across sex in their lives like (laughs) at least once and if if they're part of a, a you know a family unit or a culture or a group of friends that aren't okay with talking about sex it's going to be so hard on you mentally Mm -hmm. and and hard to for you to enjoy sex yeah especially if you are like really curious about it oh yeah that is why like platforms like ours and yours grace is so important because people can reach out on the internet and actually find out 
things without having to talk to their friends that they might not feel comfortable about. Yeah, internet's amazing. Internet. Well, that's why we started. Thing, but it, it's. I was just going to tune into something around just before we skip from that. Sorry, Reed, to just in interrupt. Sorry. But I wanted to just say a piece on like that part of like our upbringing literally defines everything. Really, that mm-hmm. we be as we are now as sex, unless we like look back at it and be like oh those belief systems really don't serve me and like you said like you and Florence have had an upbringing which um is sex positive and that's super cool whereas like a lot of the people that I work with um as in clients there's a lot of kind of like blocking um blockages and like stagnancy around sex and a lot of women will always be like and my mum used to just tell me that sex was really bad or I've come from a strictly Catholic um, upbringing where self-pleasure was like deemed as you know those like weird old wife's tales that it would make you go blind or something and if you're told that when you're growing up shit that really really sticks with you and can almost like traumatize you around like being free to simply have a conversation around sex let alone like when you're in the bedroom and you've got like these like strange voices going around in your head that it's dirty or bad to be doing that it's crazy (laughs) that in this day and age where sex and sexuality is so in our face everywhere that we're still holding this like ancient belief system that is come from our parents and our parents' parents and until we look at it, it's it's just there ingrained in like our thoughts and our feelings around um sex. It's yeah. the guilt. We shouldn't have to feel guilty for enjoying pleasure and enjoying sex. Yeah. There's so many people that I've spoken to, even my boyfriend, that especially in this day and age now where fem- feminism is so right and female pleasure yeah. is so big and it's all about consent where there are guys that do enjoy, you know, rough, degrading, derogative sex, feeling guilty for enjoying hardcore porn like that. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I know that my, my boyfriend felt exactly the same. He was like, he felt guilty after every wank, wanking over some nasty porn video. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that, you know, that's a fantasy. It doesn't mean to say that you actually want to do that. It's all about consent. There's a whole weird, grey, blurred line with that. Like, mm. I, and also as a, as I don't call myself a feminist. I think feminism is great, but I think it's a very harsh word. Yeah. I just, I do believe in equality. Oh, Reed. <laughs> I, I always disagree when Reed says that because I don't think you can as a woman if you don't, I, I don't think you can call yourself not a feminist. What, what, why? Why can't rights. I call myself whatever I want? I, I just don't want to call myself a feminist. But if you want equal rights for it's not that I don't, women. I don't believe, it's not that I don't believe in feminism. I just don't call myself a feminist. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel totally fine with not saying that I'm a feminist. I believe in all that, but I don't want to have that label personally. That's just me. Mm. As, as, uh, I mean, uh, feminism is fucking great. Like, equality is great. Equity is wonderful. But for me, it's, it's not the label that I, I want to put myself into, even though I have all those beliefs. But anyway, I'm oh, sorry, I was saying about, you know, consent and everything and g- degrading pornography or or being a female and enjoying a male being very very dominant 
and a lot of people are feeling guilty for that at the moment because it's taking your power away and uh, and it's totally not it's actually giving you power depending on the situation I, I sorry I could talk about this for hours I'm gonna I'm gonna do like hungover rambling so if someone wants to stop me <laughs> Please. I, I, I actually really I'm feeling into like that that point around um consent and like that that bit that you said around yeah like there is there are like deep desires and fantasies that both men and women have and some of it is around like really rough sex or stuff that um like you said, in this day and age, that it's getting um, a little bit of a, hmm, is this appropriate? However, yeah. or anything can be appropriate if you have two or more consenting individuals who know their boundaries very, very well, who know their, their, their sexuality very well, and they walk into those situations like, yes, I do want this, I want to dominate you, or I want to be dominated, or both, or vice versa, or whatever it may be. If there's two consenting in individuals in that, fuck yeah, to people exploring their deepest desires. And I think you said it, yeah. really, you may go there with those desires, and then be like, ah, oh, all right, well, that was cool. But maybe that's not actually my deepest desire. It was cool to play it out. But doesn't hold as much sexual potency as I thought it did or maybe it does but I feel like with the consent piece there's this amazing playground for traveling into anything sexually if there are two people that are like conscious and aware of what that is you know exactly it's consent is everything I truly believe that People can do whatever they want to each other as long as there's consent involved and an understanding that that consent can change during that process. So, you know, you try something new for the first time. That's why the traffic light system, you know, we, we talk about the traffic light system a lot where, you know, you, communication and discussing what you do and don't like and saying and being comfortable enough to say, this is going a bit too far and I would like you to stop. And that's opening the conversation about sex initially helps you to talk about stuff like that you know you're human you need to learn what the other person does and doesn't like and there is a massive gray area as well where people are doing something extreme and someone can change their mind halfway through but as long as you communicate that that's absolutely okay to do that's actually great to do and say look this is a bit too far for me but I truly believe Anyone can do anything to each other as long as they consent. Even stuff that we're not, that we would never ever dream of. Like, for example, what if that if someone had a cutting fetish or a blood fetish, or you know, an eating fetish? I know cannibalism is very extreme, but if two people are consenting, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, who are we to say that they can't do that? I mean, it, we would probably very much judge them because cannibalism's crazy, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's what turns on sexually then why not they're both consenting adults mm. <laughs> i don't know getting into mental health here like are you crazy <laughs> but is that, is that, I I, yes. it's a very extreme case <laughs> i love that you took it to the absolute max there um but yeah i can <laughs> you know, bring it back to pain <laughs> <laughs> it was like it went from like <laughs> 10 to 100 all of a sudden i'm gonna get my safe word out avocado <laughs> avocado is that avocado. your actual safe word 
avocado is always my safe word. I feel it's very random and it, it couldn't be confused when you're in the, the act of sex, really, could it? I love that. Oh, I had avocado really on toast this morning. <laughs> I feel like I ate word. your safe word. It's my safe word and mm. it's also my favourite breakfast treat. Yum. Very nice. <laughs> but my, my safe word, seriously. I don't know why. It always has been. Ah, oh, that... That I find like with safe words, I mean, this is so not within the realm of what I, I thought we were going to talk about, but this is also juicy too. <laughs> I feel like seriously sounds a little bit like it could get, it could get confused within the, the act of sex, you know, like seriously, you know, you could say it like, fuck, yeah, yeah. seriously, I mean, seriously, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah. I Maybe just, I need to change it up. I just think like by choosing something random, like, um, like I said, avocado, there's no way that I would be like, oh, avocados. Or maybe I would be, I do love it. <laughs> like, if I said that, someone will know that that's not really to do with the sex that we're having or that I'm enjoying it. Unless you were into food play. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's quite comical that I feel like when you say something as abrupt as stop, you do need something comical there because stopping during sex or stopping an act can be quite offensive to the other person, not intentionally, but you kind of feel a bit like, oh, like almost shocked that you've put them, pushed them that far. So saying something like avocado is perfect because it kind of like brings you out. It makes it comedic, Mm -hmm. makes it funny rather than me being like, seriously, stop. (laughs) And like scaring the poor boy. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually like that you bring that up, um, Reed, because it's like, uh, yeah, when you are in, like, having sex with someone, at any point, it is absolutely okay for you to say stop. Um, And I feel like a lot of women, I especially can even talk from experience, can feel like... um, saying stop like you just said is going to be like a cause of offense so you can almost like uh I certainly don't do this anymore but I have previously just kind of like played something out that wasn't really very um pleasurable just because I didn't want to mm. like offend the other partner um yeah and like that's quite a thing it's like a fake orgasm wow exactly it's like not offending mm. but actually you're doing yourself over as a, as a woman i'm saying a woman because it's conversations with pussy right most people will be women listening to this hi dudes if you're um listening to welcome but yeah as a woman <laughs> they're probably wanking <laughs> the poo cannibalism wow this is my jam i mean why, why wouldn't they wank over this you know i mean i'm wanking now <laughs> No. Oh, don't worry. I am. Can't you hear it? <laughs> I'm so horny. Please, this is a nightmare. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh. Right, I'm gonna. My person's on fire. Into, Sorry. <laughs> curious into like you guys, and there was something that actually you said at the start, and I want to really. Um, bring it back to that because we kind of went off of that without tuning in um and there was a bit about mental health and how that really really is in complete and utter alignment with 
having a healthy sex life. Can you guys talk to me a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't really know how to start. Um, <laughs> we both have like, we both um, deal with different mental health things. I personally have trichotillomania and I have since I was 15, which is, which is a hair pulling thing, which I, it's kind of like, how does that relate to sex? But when, when that um, issue is to do with like your self-confidence and how you see yourself, then it, it really ties into sex. Mm. And that, that's how I, I felt like my personal journey has, because if you're lacking in self-confidence, then it's going to affect how you are in the bedroom and like what you, what you do. And I feel like I went through a stage of my life where I didn't really care about my body. And I, I had a lot of one night stands that I probably wouldn't do if I like had the chance again. Because I went through a stage where I really didn't respect myself because mm. I was dealing with so much self-hate because of my hair pulling mm. that I ended up doing really shit things, really. Mm. And they're learning curves. They're just ones you wish you didn't have to learn. By yeah, or... yeah. I mean, regret is like a really harsh word. Like, none of it was like really bad. It was just a little bit like you're not respecting your body mm, having loads of sex is fucking wonderful as long as you're doing it for the right reasons doing it for yourself yeah. not because you want to feel loved or yeah appreciated or you know like i'm it's that whole like, oh if someone's having sex with me or desiring me then that must mean i'm worth it or like worthwhile yeah. when really you should just be having sex for you and yeah. knowing that you're fucking worth it and knowing that they should feel privileged to fuck your vagina yeah I think I was always just like looking for that fulfillment and I'd always go out and after the one night stand I'd be like actually that didn't fulfill me in any way like I got okay I got one more number like I, I had sex one more time with another person mm. and that was the only thing that I really got out of it um and it, I, it did really kind of like at the end you do feel a little bit degraded and you're like I don't know it's kind of um a huge like battle inside your mind isn't it yeah constantly yeah I mean mental health is it like, everyone I believe that everyone suffers from mental health problems um on a complete sliding scale so you've got some people that um it's so low that they don't even notice it's there and they can get on with their life and they can have an amazing time but then it, it goes all the way through that it can affect you in waves and to the point where it stops you from doing the things that you like. And that's yeah. when mental health needs to be addressed because if, you're, if it's stopping you from going to work or um, seeing your friends or washing or even having sex, because that can be quite, quite a, like a massive step for a lot of people, mm -hmm. then that's when it needs to be addressed. And well, we believe talking to a professional is, is the best thing that you can do for mental health. Both of us have gone through our issues and both of us have gone gone through therapy as well and it's it to yeah. see a change has been amazing especially yeah. in my sex life yeah. yeah and it's like um I I too have been to a therapist site and still to this day like love um going to see a therapist because I feel like I always describe, and actually one of my good friends, Sean, described this so beautifully, like people are obsessed with going to the gym and working their bodies out so that their bodies mm -hmm. look good. Yet, 
for the internal world, like our, our mental health, we literally, like most human beings, just go around just expecting that that they don't have to do anything and they should be cool. Whereas actually, we should have like a regular um, exercise or like practice for allowing our mind to be healthy too. And it's like we do this all for like this external part and this external, um, you know, like it's not always ego, but it's external health. Yet our mental health sometimes gets put to the side as this thing that unless you're really, really struggling, that you're okay. And it's like, actually, I believe that every single human being could be like so empowered um, and feel like they could live their life in such a different way if they went to therapy, um, just to get a greater understanding of themselves and like find tools to like, be yeah. in life in like a more empowered way it should be compulsory in schools I feel like every child or every teenager or any everyone going growing up should see a counsellor because it does yeah. it just completely changes the perspective on the life that you truly mm-hmm. or the world that you truly believe that you see when somebody else can change it all for you you know the power of therapy for for me who's um you know I, I'm an I'm obsessive compulsive. I've suffered with depression and severe anxiety to the point where wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping, couldn't leave the house. But that was a good sort of, I'd probably say six years ago now, and I'm a completely different person now. But I still go to therapy and it's it's amazing. I go to new therapists as well because they can teach you new and incredible ways Mm. to deal with your mental health and, and, and just flip it all on its head and change mm-hmm. the perspective. I, it's amazing. Like, I love therapy so much. It's <laughs> really interesting going about children because I think that would be, yeah, I've never really thought of it happening at school, but that, that would make so much sense. That was probably when I needed therapy the most, going through school, going through my teenage miserable years of not knowing myself, my yeah. body confidence is low, yeah. unsure about sex where there's no one to turn to. Yeah. Um, and if we had counselling then, then hopefully we'd be able to take techniques that we've yeah. taught throughout our life. Yeah, like would I be hair pulling if I had therapy when I was 15? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, especially with uh, going into porn at the moment with with children being able to access porn and it completely, well, yeah, completely changing the way that they look at sex mm-hmm. and and social media and how everyone is comparing all the time constantly we're flooded with this idea of inadequacy therapy is such a must for the children of today it's so important yeah especially the children of today with like like having phones at such a young age being on social media instagram where everything's kind of just like a lookbook of like what life like fantastic can be yeah it's like looking at everyone's life portfolios yeah the best best it's like even for adults it's like super um it can like cause you to go into a state of like un like unloving yourself or low self-worth just like seeing like like scrolling through your phone and seeing like beautiful images of models or um you know like really filtered pictures and I know mm. that even when I was in school, we didn't have phones and the internet. Well, I mean, we had the internet, but it wasn't as like <laughs> hardcore as it is now with like Instagram and Facebook and whatever. But I yeah. remember um, 
yeah like obviously there was like a huge magazine thing at the time and there is there are still magazines but it's it's now kind mm. of preferred over to social media and Instagram models but um yeah like I used to look at models in magazines and like be so body conscious like I suffered when I was in school with anorexia which then turned into bulimia and it's like Mm. we're all so affected boys and girls by all of these messages that are coming from society about how we should look and it brings me to actually we were I really wanted to discuss with you the porn industry and like mm-hmm. the porn that is mainly out there at the moment and the um the way that that's affecting young adults too because they have such a great deal of access and I want to actually more focus oh, on yeah. women because that's the that's kind of like the people that will be listening here um and some may be young women who are really affected by the porn industry and of course, in the porn industry now, there's this um, this thing around like, as as a woman, um, like these perfect breasts, this perfect body, like a completely like shaven or waxed yoni, or let's say, pussy. Mm. Um, I'm talking to you girls. Let's just say pussy. Um, <laughs> like, you know, pussy. yeah, pussy, pussy, pussy. But like also, uh, pan, pan, pan. <laughs> yeah. What did you say earlier, Reed? The uh, something that's right up my what was it you said oh uh, right, right up my my cunt alley yes is that what I said no maybe I'm just obsessed was, I said we're going to be talking about a few things on the podcast today Reed <laughs> and uh Reed chimed in yeah that's right up my cunt alley <laughs> <laughs> I really really love the word cunt so many people don't like that word but for me personally it's super empowering it's like it's like how pussy makes you feel like pussy yoni for me I like cunt and I've always loved the word it's so beautifully rounded it's it's killing kicking cunting I love it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I love that killing kicking cunting it's like a tagline yeah Yeah. (laughs) it is it's like it's the it's the angry strong cunt that 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 like owns the world pussy's like fuck yeah, my pussy, it's juicy, it's ready, it's sexy. Cunt is like, I'm going to fucking destroy you. (laughs) (laughs) It's also like a lot of women are beginning to reclaim that word. Like I feel, for me, like pussy feels like that's under its reclamation and it's getting a lot more popular um, for women to begin to use. However, cunt is like this next level of like, reclaiming that part of a woman like it's for so long like obviously and sometimes I will absolutely admit to it sometimes I do get really fucked off and I say cunt as like a derogatory term yet actually it's definitely so do I because some people can be cunts (laughs) and it's so necessary (laughs) but the thing feeling around it is like to use like our fucking like this source of like our sexuality as a derogatory word feels like really out of alignment which is why I catch myself being like yes cunt feels really powerful and strong yet I'm actually just like almost like putting my sexuality down and being like oh you're a cunt because actually I fucking love my cunt I love my (laughs) so I reclaim that as my sex and my empowerment as a woman and so if I want to like 
find something that's like more um yeah offensive then I don't use like something that is of the feminine body however I am in agreement that it's a really fucking good word if you're mad and like I still use it sometimes yeah. like shit I just said that's really good what, what would you say instead I was just thinking that I was like what would I say instead yeah. I mean, we could flip it on its head because we use the word bollocks. Like, oh, you're talking total bollocks, which exactly. is male organs. They're definitely, it's not as harsh though. Like when you say someone's a dick or a cock, like it's not as harsh as when you say cunt. Yeah, cunt is, is still not shown on the TV. Am I right? It's still like, I think, you know, with, um, oh, what's it called? When they, when they certificate, Kate, no, that's the wrong word. When they certify a film for the age rating that it's supposed to be, I think they have a weird level of how many cunts you can use for this age rating or how many fucks you can use. Right. And then obviously it goes into 18 when you can say as much as or as little as you All like. All of our swear words are to do with sex. They, they are. Yeah. Fucking cunt, bollocks, shit. <laughs> Oh, my favourite. You know what, though? It's all of those taboo things again. It's the stuff that people are like, oh, can't say that. And it's just like, for God's sake, it's actually all intertwined in our language. Of course, yes. Do you think about... I mean, I I love I love the English language. I love swear words, and I I use I, you know I understand where that it's bad, and we're not we shouldn't be using it as part of our negativity. But twat is a fucking great word. I love the word twat. You're a twat. I mean, like you're literally. But it does depend on tone and who you're talking to. Um, I man, I, I love it. I love it all. <laughs> I very um, I love a swear word. They're my favourite, especially like old stupid swear words. Bollocks is a very English old. Swear I love word. I love saying bollocks. Total bollocks. Would you classify? Because I say this a lot. Bloody hell. Do you classify that as swearing? I don't ever know. Like when I'm saying something, that's swearing. Because I just I just I... Kind of fully full embrace like the the articulation and the rainbow of all the swear words. So I never really think. Ooh, is that too much? Is bloody a swear? Word? <laughs> I think it is definitely a swear word, but it's, yeah, I think, especially in England, I think we use that quite commonly. Yeah, well, swear words are changing. You know, we're getting more and more used to, like, bloody hell was considered an absolute swear word. And I, I suppose, you know, you you say a religious word, so like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's a cuss. That was a yeah. a bad word. But because the world is changing and things are developing, bloody hell doesn't really mean anything anymore it, just, it is literally just a passing comment yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and it's happened with, happened with cunt <laughs> <laughs> as much as i love talking <laughs> about swearing. the old swear words and where i've come from yeah, we, yeah we're, we're hearing this in like bad ways yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. Really sure like, I'm sure that whoever's listening is like wow because this is such a it's a juicy conversation about all of the things that we're touching in on but I really want to go back to the bit around porn um yeah and yeah like the right so first of all let's firstly rewind to actually what we said at the beginning around the fact that you two met on a porn set First of all, when I met um, Florence, I was like, so how do you guys know each other? And um, your your answer of like, oh, we met on a porn set. I was like, 
oh my god I've never met anyone I mean I haven't been on a porn set but I've never met anyone on a porn set I wish I was that cool but like tell me a bit about that well I guess what since I when I graduated university I I, I had this like huge fascination with wanting to create porn that was beautiful because I came from a fine art moving image degree and I was obsessed with like cinematography and like really but like erotic art has, was always something that I just loved and I thought like was so beautiful I just love everything to do with sex and art combined so I was like okay well I've just been studying cinema and porn is film so mm -hmm. I just really I like started wanting to create my own stuff and I wanted to create stuff for women because I felt like there wasn't anything out there for me because when I like logged into like search like porn on google you get like porn hub and then it's just like all this like terrible like really like stuff that actually made me feel really degraded as mm. a woman and I was like actually I want to see things that look nice mm. and I want something with a story because I love um reading erotic fiction books so I was like if I can create something where there's a story and it's sexy and it's beautiful then that would be amazing. So I started looking for ways that I could get into the industry in some way and found some random job in London. I was like, okay, I just want to get used to filming people having sex because I've mm. never done that before. When the film industry, you like they laugh at you if you have a degree, all they want is work experience. So you just need your foot in the door and start up from there and then you kind of fly from there really. But it's, it is hard. It, well, I, I have a television production degree which is why both Florence and I tried wanted to do the blog because we're both super interested in film. Mm -hmm. We're like, fuck it, let's film us talking about sex for YouTube. And it actually went somewhere. We were like, yeah. people are watching this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was exactly the same. I did porn work experience at uni and the university wouldn't accept it because it was they didn't consider it work experience. We had to do compulsory what? work I had to write an essay to prove that uh, they told me I had to write an essay to prove that it was worthwhile work experience. Obviously I'm, I'm severely dyslexic. So writing an essay is impossible wow. for me. You know, I cry with every word that fucking writes on a paper, that kind of thing. Mm. But with, um, I ended up doing, I was like, fuck you. I'm not doing your essay anyway. I did more work experience, which was good, but being so, interested in in yeah in porn I was exactly the same as Florence I just wanted to make porn all I wanted yeah. to do is film it and and normal tv was so fucking boring it was so <laughs> dull it was like I, I was stagnating I was in a room full of squares trying to record for the BBC I was like this isn't me you know I yeah. I can't be myself I have to pretend to be this this like well put together nice girl and and that's not what I am I want to talk about sex I want to talk about film and you just, yeah, I literally foot-fisted someone to get anywhere in the porn industry. And I ended up in some crazy, uh, it was like crazy fetish company in Guildford somewhere in somebody's home. Um, it was home studio. They don't exist anymore because of the Sester and Foster laws. Have had a healthy sexual upbringing and we've allowed ourselves to tune into what our actual real yeah. desires are and they can be whatever you like they can be as some something about kissing you know like 
I personally don't like kissing, but for a lot of people, that turns them on greatly. I love making out. Yeah, and everyone's different. I just, I want like nasty, fucked up, weird ass fantasies that I'm very proud to say. You know, like I want fucking aliens kidnapping me and probing me in all kinds of way or me being strapped down to a, a fucking machine. And honestly, I have some fucked up fantasies, but I love it and I embrace that. Yeah, I love how open and like embracing you are of it though. Like to just be like, (laughs) this is what I want. And so many people listening will be like, wow, she is is crazy. (laughs) But no, I feel like it's like this thing of being like, wow, if she can say what she wants, maybe I can say what I want. Maybe yeah. you can know, in like, this relationship and like actually like maybe someone is like, I just kind of want my partner to piss on me. And I'm really scared yeah. to say that. With you just saying, I want aliens to tie me up in their machines and fuck me. Yeah. Maybe it's a little <laughs> bit more okay for someone to say to their partner of like, however long, I'd like you to wee on me, please, in a sexual yeah. way. Well, you know, when I mean, we we I don't necessarily want to say the R word, but when we are talking about like non consensual play and rough play, mm. like I I was obsessed with the idea of uh, well, but luckily my my boyfriend he's the loveliest, sweetest boy. So but, nice. But when it he's so lovely. But when it came to the bedroom, I wanted him to absolutely destroy me. Where it got to the point of doing rape role play, and that's what I liked, and I was very confident with that because I was trustworthy in myself and in our relationship and I knew that if it was going to go too far it would stop and like people can have whatever fantasy they want and no matter how extreme it is it's just got to own it and I guess that is why like porn it is so important as well because it really allows people to explore sex because everything's in porn like from really soft stuff to re- that really hardcore stuff mm. so there's always going to be something that you can find but the, pr- the problem with what we what you're talking about before um is that that there's a really like um like the mainstream porn that people can find really easily on the internet mm. isn't necessarily that you don't really get the exploration like it's it's very standard it's it's that old traditional misogynistic porn and that isn't for everyone and that's that's why it is important to make the other stuff as well but also it shouldn't be so easily accessible absolutely in the first place like it should be something that you have to pay for it should be something that you can you can browse and find it shouldn't just be like you type in porn and like thousands of free videos turn up straight away and especially because just what came to me is the thing around i'm just piecing together these parts that we've discussed if let's just do like a um a situation um if young boys are going onto porn sites and finding videos of really hardcore porn which is like really really just like roughing a woman up like like you said, Reed, like stuff around rape or whatever. And they, they're finding like a desire within that, yet they're not taught. And let's, like, I mean, we won't go into sex education in schools today because it's such a massive subject. But in yeah. schools, mm. we're not talk, taught about 
consent and boundaries and yep. yes and no. So a boy who've seen that on the internet and seen that, you know, like really easily access that through porn comes to be mm -hmm. sexual with um, a, a girl who's just like, you know, like just coming into her sexuality, perhaps it's her first time. And he almost tries to reenact that with her. It's like- Absolutely. Yeah. You learn from porn. It's but so dangerous. Picking up that dangerous, almost like that's traumatizing for the girl that's receiving that, you know, because it could be. Yeah. Or, or she, she, she's watched this porn, believing that that's the way that she needs to behave and she just needs to take it. Yes. You know, like if, if she is being slapped about and doesn't enjoy it and she's like, oh, but I saw it in a porn film and they really enjoyed it. So I need to enjoy it. No, that, yeah, that's why people, that's... I mean, again, sex education, but we need to learn that porn is a fantasy. It is not reality. It is there yeah. for people to bust a quick nut. It is not about like that, that isn't real sex. And that's why it definitely needs to be spoken about. Like what it, it is destroying our youth and what they think sex is supposed to be like. like yeah. You know, overhearing boys being like, oh, I broke up with her because she didn't do anal. You know, that's insane. I, I kind of think as well, like when you first start exploring sex, you should come at it from that really innocent like point. You shouldn't really, I don't think you should really know about all this stuff out there. You need to explore it in like a natural way. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't do that though. I was yeah. I knew about fucked up shit when I was like twelve years old well, looking yeah, on the I computer. Guess, like, we, but that was my fascination. It yeah. shouldn't be forced on, you know, forced on the youth of today that do just go, oh shit, I might be having sex with my partner tomorrow. What how, what do I do? And then they look at porn <laughs> to try and find out how to do it. And, yeah. and it, yeah, not literally that way, but it can definitely mess up. Yeah, the natural progression of, of enjoying sex, like consent and words are so important in that aspect. Yeah. And it's also just like it's it's related to body confidence and everything, like how you think you need to act during sex and what whether you need to shave completely and what, yeah. what looks normal and people feeling ashamed of their bodies if they're not like stick thin and with massive tits, massive arse, blonde hair, blue eyes, white. That, I mean, race is a massive thing in porn at the moment as well because all anybody ever wants to fucking watch is white women. And gen, uh, sorry, not gender, race is categorized as a niche fetish, as a niche section, which shouldn't wow. be the case at all. That's so bad. It's so bad. You've got like a category for Asians. One of my, one of my good friends, she's half Japanese and she does, she does work in the porn industry. I'm not sure if she's still in it. She wasn't getting as much work as her flatmate who was white, blonde haired, blue eyed. She was getting booked all the time. And that nowhere near that she wasn't as, uh, sorry, but I'm not saying that they were, that she was better at porn. It was purely, yeah, purely race-based because that's what the majority of people want to watch is just white women get fucked. Wow. And my my girl, my half Japanese girl, she is gorgeous, like absolutely mind-blowingly stunning. And I couldn't believe that she wasn't getting as much work as everyone else. Wow. But it's just, it's, that's where it's going. It's madness. And porn is shit in that aspect. It's definitely, shit needs to change, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that like, you guys are creating your own porn right and I'd love to like talk yeah. about the porn that you guys are creating because yeah like the porn industry for me like I so don't know enough about it and 
I mean, I feel like there's like this rabbit hole of everything that could be talked about. So let's flip it on. Like, what, what do you guys, um, like, what is it that you guys are creating? So we, we got the um, opportunity to meet um, Erica last, I think it was last year or maybe it's even the year before (laughs) um, in Barcelona. We were invited onto her show um, as guests, guest stars in one of her things and she basically she has a series called x confessions um it's all it's it's porn for women it's shot really beautifully there's like stories there's there's like normal people like there's people the people i guess she uses quite like beautiful actors definitely but but it's not the same it's kind of like i don't know how to describe like more average ethical it's ethical that she includes everybody yes. of all types there's no discrimination um and she doesn't call it porn she calls it adult indie film which already in the title tells you how different this is i mean yeah. it's still porn i believe that porn is something you just masturbate over anyway mm. but the fact that she titles it that yeah makes it completely different it is pornography for women yeah and um so after having met her, we also got the opportunity to direct our own film for her. And because of because of our blog, we wanted to do something that was sort of in a collaboration with Come Curious. Mm. So we came up with, because we were always, like at the beginning when we started Come Curious, we were like, oh, if only we can make like explicit tutorials so people can actually like properly learn. Yeah, because it's all very well in us talking about it on YouTube like yeah you just you know put the penis in the vagina like this but you can't show it it it's actually come to this point that you're actually able to be like all right let's make almost like tutorial porn it is literally tutorial yeah and the first (laughs) first episode we did was tips and tricks for sucking dicks and it was a step-by-step guide on how a girl would suck a guy's dick and like our advice and oh if you don't want to go too quickly you swirl the tongue around like this and then she shows you it it's perfect yeah wow. it's it, it, it really fun and I can't tell you that we had so much fun filming it was oh, probably yeah. one of the d- best days of my life like I loved it so <laughs> much and like the performers that we use they were they were so brilliant and they they were really like into each other and it was good it was it was was very very good and we are having the opportunity to create episode two which is going to be tips and tricks for licking clips oh yeah baby that's more of my street yeah it's gonna be it's it's not like it's still done in a very sexy way but it's almost like a lab show where we've taken a situation like they've come home from a night out and it's in a white studio, but there's a sofa and a table and a lamp. And it's kind of like, uh, like almost like a, a science experiment, but gone sexy. Yeah. So it's, we, we have these pink lab coats that we wear, almost like popping into frame, like, oh, if you want to make her come, then just keep going steady, that yeah. kind of thing. And, and with, with it's what, still sexy. Yeah, with ours as well, I guess, which is quite different. We kind of, did bring a bit of like comedy into the piece as well because we we always think that sex should be fun and we wanted to make the tutorial not just like oh you need to do this this and this but we wanted to say it in like a fun way so we 
we did appear in the shots as well as come curious sort of like yeah giving them tips like popping up over the sofa where the blowjob was happening <laughs> uh, literally for the cum shot we put on goggles like scientific goggles like we're ready for the cum now <laughs> slip them on like yes let's do this <laughs> I would have loved if that had um, had spurted near to the goggles or splattered onto the. Oh, that'd be so good! It we could have, have done that. Good. <laughs> That's amazing. So, where can if if people are listening and they're like, I want to watch that. Where can so I understand like this the uh, licking clits one's not out yet, but the sucking dicks. When's that released, and where can people find it? So it's it's been um it's been on X Confessions and eroticfilms.com for a year now, so you can wow. go and see it. And I think if um I think sometimes they have promotions on where you can get a free film. Yeah. Um if you click on there and I think if you sign up. But otherwise it is a pay for site, but again, we do believe in paying for porn. We think it's important, you know, it's a job. Mm-hmm. People have put their hard effort and time and like you know we put in a lot of effort into doing that so yeah if you can if you have the money pay for your porn I mean I'm hypocritical because there's a lot of porn I don't pay for because when I'm horny I just want to whip up fucking disgusting Pornhub and put in whatever and we're we're not we're not pro Pornhub either because they're pretty pretty bad they steal a lot of content because it's all user-based I was sent Um, something the other day around like please do not go onto Pornhub anymore. Uh, one of my, um, yeah, so I, I don't know if you ladies know um, the Cherry Revolution, but they're two women. Um, yeah. Actually, it was Africa that sent me over something around the porn industry and especially Pornhub and a piece around, like, if you're not paying for your porn, you're like, you're really fucking those people over that are um, in the industry. Yeah. Well, it means that if you're if you're not paying for it, like, where is their money coming from? Like, where, it. how are you how are you going to make the films if you don't get paid for it? Like, yeah. it is it's it's like people who work in cinema, like films, like big feature films aren't going to be made if people aren't paying to go to the cinema and paying to have them on like Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. Mm. So, like, you need to pay for your porn so that the directors, the performers, everyone involved, because there's a huge crew involved in making a film, even a porn film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. And just one more bit around, um, so because we're on the the subject of porn, I'd love for you just to talk more about Erica, um, because I feel like I've I've been onto her site and I think actually there's an option to like get a free film from there and I watched it and I was like wow this is amazing like I really actually enjoyed watching that um and so can you talk a little bit about her and like the work that she does yeah she it's she says well I mean people actually say it's porn for women but it's not it's porn for men as well like loads of men watch her porn it's it's beautiful it's it's like watching a very well done film with sex in it yeah and sex is the main portal call and she also likes using real couples not over exaggerated overworked and overused porn stars she wants to use real people who actually enjoy having sex on camera it's not a money thing it's it it it, it, you can tell how real it is Mm -hmm. there's no over the top positions that no one would ever fucking do in the bedroom there's no 
ridiculous cum shot where it goes all over the girl's face. It's, yeah. it's, she just lets them go on. Like when she's directing, she sets up the scenario and just says, go. And it's two people, three people, four people, however many people fucking. And not once is she going, oh, stop. Can you stand up and do this position? Oh, stop. Can you not come right now? Which is a lot of what um, commercial porn does. It's all yeah. so strategic and unfun. And her porn is actually fun. You've yeah, got, it's real sex, isn't it? It's she real just, sex. She lets people actually just enjoy themselves on camera. Like it's not just a job. It's 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 yeah. I don't. It's just amazing. And especially as a lot of people think that the orgasm is the end goal. I mean, for a lot of porn, I like watching an orgasm, but there are so many people out there that it just can enjoy sex without the orgasm. And she even says, you don't have to come if you don't want to, you know, it's, it's not like you must have a pop shot. It needs to be the money shot because it's, it's real sex. If people don't have an orgasm, they don't have an orgasm. And she has like such a, like she has a huge variety of different videos that you can watch. Loads. As well. um, like straight, gay, like there's, a huge variety and she's also just started this um thing where she's basically done an open call for guest directors which is what we were a part of um so people can submit their like scripts and ideas for films and she funds them to make the film yeah and she's especially interested in women in the industry because she wants to bring more women in the industry because that's what's lacking in the rest of the industry pretty much her whole team is female yeah you know they were all lovely it was like it was we were honestly treated like kings on that set I mean it was like the food was great everyone was wonderful the stylist was lovely it was just it was just such a good shoot and you know very very what's it called ethical ethical this was this wasn't when we were shooting our porn that was when we were doing it in the uk this is when she sent us over to barcelona for the first time yeah and her team's just wonderful like it's it was such a different approach yeah i've worked on a lot lot of film sets because i come from that background and this was the nicest one i have ever been on there were so many women it was such a it was like a family atmosphere yeah it was yeah it was so nice breath of fresh air really i mean i i I was working in porn um behind the camera doing like working for big names like brazzers and mind geek and that is what you would consider you know you go onto Pornhub. that is what you're seeing it's that commercial like man fucks girl in some stupid scenario and it's it's completely different i it's almost horrible you know it's very clinical it's very stop start they before they even film the sex scene you have to do all the photos first so there's no real penetration like first time penetration it's it and and the pop shot oh no don't come yet we've still got 20 minutes to film you come when we tell you Mm. and it's almost like if a girl comes as well it's very like oh it's kind of in the way you know it's not it's not like seen as like this great great big celebrated thing and that's the yeah when the man comes that's the thing that they're wanting that is when the porn finishes yeah exactly rather than when the girl comes which is madness i do wonder when i'm watching like something like that type of porn i'm like like as a as a woman I'm like I genuinely would not enjoy that is she enjoying that like I I kind of like that would feel really uncomfortable for me um 
and I'm like watching like you are you okay <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> you and, and that's it, what we the male gay it's like that thing around like you just said oh and like sometimes a woman comes I'm like do they do they actually because it always seems like an outrageous fake orgasm that comes around yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the like, that's this that's element the- of like again these outrageous fake orgasms that women see in porn that they feel that perhaps they need to replicate when they're um when they're with their partners and it's just like again this like crazy um it's like a crazy school for sex because we don't actually have another school for sex and what you guys are doing is another school for sex and like that's why like I have like so so much respect for all of the sex education sex educators out there because it's like standing up and being like all right what is our sex education now porn's our sex education um how we're brought up is our sex education how can we start to bring forth like new leaders who can actually teach people in a really really real way what what sex actually is for real you know like without like the the whistles and the fake boobs and the um don't masturbate because you might go blind all of this shit it's like let's just come from this from a really real perspective and realign with what sex actually really is which is fucking amazing um sometimes it's not sometimes it's not so great but it's all it can be like the most beautiful fucking thing um and it's just like if we can just get the young people to understand and the people who are like our age and older to like just reinvent their idea of sex and sexuality, like so much can change within people's lives. It's so true. You also do an amazing thing as well, Grace, like especially because you talk about it on a very, very different level. You are a, a pleasure educator which, I mean, we talk about sex and porn, but pleasure is a completely different thing. It's very, it's way more intimate. And we, we love your stuff, man. You've got some good shit out there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, babe. (laughs) (laughs) So to wrap it up, I'd love for you to just to like, let everybody know where they can find you. um, Anything that you'd like to like say, or yeah, like a little bit of, where people could like get a bit of Florence and Reed. Oh well, just come to my bedroom. Apart baby. from the tube <laughs> when, when Reed is horny, where can they find us? <laughs> yeah, so find us on our YouTube channel, which is called Come Curious, and that's C O M E curious not c-u-m <laughs> um, and also on our social media, Instagram is Come Curious X. And also, we are actually releasing a podcast ourselves yeah. very soon. Be in November. And we'll be getting you on there. Don't you worry, my girl. We cannot wait. Oh. Thanks uh, yeah. for the invite. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the podcast is called Fucks Given, and it will be on Apple Podcasts. And just follow us on our Instagram because we will be talking all about that when that's released. It'll, so you won't miss it. It would also be on Google Play. What what will Fuck's Given be about? Just so people can get a bit juiced up before it arrives. So it, it it's 
we're interviewing people basically about sex and the fucks that made them, the fucks that changed them. So we asked them about their last fuck, their first fuck. And pretty much from there, it just goes into a whole open and honest discussion about sex. Like we've had some great guests on so far. And the last guest we had, um, his name's Teeth. He's a male voice for sex because it's very hard finding men that want to talk about sex so openly. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about amazing stuff like, you know, like when you lose wood during sex and, you know, like how, how hard it is to keep your head in the game and what it's like for a man and what he was just, he, he had a very good, very good voice on him, man. Like I was so impressed. What, what's yeah. his name? I would love, and I'm sure lots of other people listening would love to check that out. So his name's Teef. It's spelled T E E F, um, and he's. You can find him Teef online uh, on Instagram. Literally called Teef online. But he's a, a sort of like rap. He's in the music industry. He's a, he's a friend of mine, but he's just very very articulate about sex and super confident and super open about it. It's just refreshing hearing it from a male's point of view. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Because there's so much yeah. of this coming from women, but men, I feel so passionately that there needs to be men out there like holding like some form of like fire for this conversation to arise. Like I've been having this conversation with a guy friend recently and it's like fully like there's so many women doing this work and guys need to get involved too. Like... I I joke like I've got conversations with pussy and we need some conversations with cock, you know, um, and yeah. then, like having real conversations, like the the good stuff and the bad stuff. Like it's really important to to bring that stuff um, into the light, yeah. especially with um, straight men um, in the gay community. It, it is okay to talk about, mm. but straight men in particular and people that aren't white. There, yeah. there is a massive gap. I mean, we're, we're all, all three of us are white cis females, and it's very easy for us to talk about it. But there is a huge gap in, well, yeah, people of color mm-hmm. or of any other ethnicity. Talking about sex is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah, gonna get like she's out there doing it, but it, it's like, yeah, the the time is now. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for coming on the podcast and having such fun conversations. I'm really excited for, um, yeah, to release this one. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure.